So, I mean, happy with it. At least, you know, Bran didn't become the king of Richmond. Richmond. <laughs> Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are like rushing to record a bunch of episodes. Yeah, we in are. The next like two or three weeks, weeks yeah. like that. We have a very busy couple of weeks. Yes. The summer is upon us. And it's like kind of already slipping away. It's like Summer has officially, uh, by the time this episode comes out, summer will have officially started, but it already feels what is like. It, like two days of solstice? Yeah. The 21st. Equinox? No, solstice. Summer solstice. Uh, Winter equinox. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's already almost done with June and that feels weird. Yeah, technically summer goes until September. Like Riot Fest yeah. is technically part I know, of summer. I get that, but for me, summer months are like. June, July, July and August. August. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hear you. Um, I don't know. That's just what I always assume. I always think of the seasons as like... I don't, school? No school. Well, not even <laughs> just that. I feel like seasons are like the first... Like all the seasons should be in one year. It shouldn't be like... Or like together concurrently within one year. So like You're thinking quarter. The quarter is almost done. Yes. So you think that the quarter... The season should be based off of the quarter, which is close. I guess. I mean, yeah, September is... Part of the same. What I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm done talking about this. <laughs> um, it's is it my update? Yes, it is. Um, so for binge watch update, um, I binge watched Never Have I Ever season four. Uh, I've been talking about the show pretty much every year. Since yeah, it I was going to say they're already on the fourth season of this. This is the last season. Oh. So they're only following Davy through high school. high school. So this is the last season, and. Um, yeah, it's over. They follow, They finished up her story. I thought it was a nice way to end it. I didn't think it was as good as the other seasons. Um, some of it felt a little rushed, but I still loved it. I think they closed things up nicely. Um, it was very buttoned up and, you know, the storylines make sense for the people. So um, I enjoyed it. Um, what else? I guess I technically binge-watched. Ted Lasso, I'm not, though that's been out for a while because I was behind. I actually just finished that last night. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we finished it like last week. It was fine. Um, I liked the endings. Again, I think they made sense for the characters. It felt a little rushed. So like some of the storylines were like created and ended. Yeah. Um, in the last season, like Rebecca's like... Her end goal mm-hmm. kind of like started and finished within the same season. Yeah. Um... So I felt like that was a little rushed, but overall, I mean, I think it was a good season. It was, I feel like last seasons are hard to do for shows and you're trying to finish all these, close up all these storylines and, um, make sure people are happy as well. So we don't have a Game of Thrones situation on our hands. Um, so I mean, happy with it. At least, you know, Bran didn't become the king of Richmond. Richmond. Um, and I think that's it. I still haven't finished the session, so we'll talk about that at some point. Um, I've never watched it, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know how it ends, because of TikTok. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really I think it. I also know how it 
I've never seen the show. I only know how it ends because I've seen, like, the videos comparing it to Arrested Development. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've seen those, too. Um... So, yeah, I mean, eventually I'll finish that. But I'm just, not, like, not that interested. The season's kind of slow. I mean, they're always kind of slow, but this one's especially slow. Um, and I think that's it for what I've been watching. All right. Cool. So, let's get into the beer. What are we drinking, Steph? You brought this one over. I did. So, this is a fairly new beer. It actually uh, got released for the first time in March of this year. We are drinking Working for Vacation from Spiteful Brewing here in Chicago. So Spiteful is pretty well known for their double IPA called Working for the Weekend. And this essentially is a more tropical take on the traditional Working for the Weekend. So this uses Citra, Mosaic hops, and Motika hops. And basically they're saying it's a brighter, more tropical take on the classic Working for the Weekend. Do you say the name? I said at the beginning, working okay. for vacation. Yeah. I missed that. Yep. I was looking at the label. I like the label a lot. It's funny. Their artwork is fun. Um, um, they also, I was I was really hoping to find it, but I couldn't find it in time for this episode. They recently, within the last week or two, released um, Working for Each Other, which is their pride beer. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And the artwork, actually, I think you'd like it. It looks very similar to this kind of style. This is an alert. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I carried this in my backpack here, so it's a little... Mm. Tell me. It's fine. Just at, just at the top. That's nice. I like this more than I think I typically would when you think of a double IPA. Yeah. Sometimes they're too heavy. This one clocks in just under 8%, so it's a little bit more on the manageable side. Okay. Drinkable side, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you really get... The citra hop tropical mm-hmm. notes, and then I would agree. I always find motika hops to be a little bit more on the dry. I was gonna side. say this one's this beer. I think the first note I get is dry. Yeah, because it hits your tongue and then immediately is dry. Yeah. And, and then, then the, the, with the mosaic, you get after. a little bit more of the earthy notes. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of taste everything that you're seeing from the hops, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, and you don't get that all the time when no. there's three hops like yeah. usually like one or one two is like the overpowering it seems pretty well balanced between those three yep. flavors i would agree working for the weekend on its own the original beer is more on the bitter side mm-hmm. of the double ipa spectrum yeah so this still feels pretty true to that brand yeah it, it has a little bitterness mm-hmm. but it's not like a, a bitter beer by any mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. it's still balanced out by that tropical and that dry note um, and that earthiness. And I, I like that a lot. I think it's, it's a very well-balanced beer, as you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. And, and you taste everything that it says it's going to, to have. Um. I really like Spiteful in general. I don't get enough of their beers. Um, if they have them on draft at Bangers and Lace, they usually have Alley Time, which is their pale ale, which is absolute fire. Yeah. It is so good. Um, so I've not been disappointed by anything I've had from this brewery. I just, if it, it's just so Dang, far north. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. All right, three words. I'm going to do citrus, hoppy, and I'm going to say drinkable is the last one. Okay. I'm going to say citrus, dry, and balanced. Cool. Uh, Yeah, cool. So let's get into the episode. We've been kind of talking about doing this for a couple months now, I feel like. Yeah, it's been a while. for a good time. 
Um, especially because, like, there's... A, I feel like a lot of these come out or, like, are notable. Um, but we wanted to talk about concept albums. Yeah. So, this is, like, a, obviously a super, super duper broad definition. Yeah. So... According, again, there's no the true definition of this, but essentially a concept album is a single, an album that revolves around a singular theme. Yep. And I almost personally have internalized it as more of like an album is telling a story. That's also the way I internalize because it. Because there's, there's albums that follow a theme, yes, but I think the true concept album is telling a story about something. something. Yeah. And it can yeah. be like a story about your own life. Yeah. Some of these, some of the ones I want to talk about are about a singular person's life, but some of these are also like fantastical stories Agreed. that have yeah. been spun into musicals and Broadway yeah. and shit like that. So. Yeah. And then they can even go further than that and have like accompaniments with it. Yeah. Right. So like they could have, you know, there's concept albums that have had movies. Yeah. Or like, you know, all of the videos yep. are telling a story yep. of the concept album. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. The way I view or define a concept album in my head is that it's telling a story. It's a, narr- got a narrative. A narrative, yes. Yeah. I think that's a good way to phrase it. Is um, it's got a narrative. Someone defines it, which I actually think is um, a, a really concise way of saying it, is that the tracks hold a larger purpose or meaning collectively than they do individually. Okay. So I think that's another like interesting way of putting it because they obviously have to be telling something together. Yeah. Like you list some of the albums we'll talk about. Yes, they have really good standout songs, but then you compare the the standout single to the album as a whole, and you're like, oh, this is this is nothing. <laughs> right. I would agree. Um, and then I think we're gonna. I'd like to talk about some of the more popular concepts. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Because there there's definitely some that repetitive are, concepts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. Do we want to just kind of start with some of our like favorites? I guess. Um, want to? How do you want to start this? Yeah, let's start with. Well, let can we talk about like some of the concepts that exist out there that people have sure. written about? Yeah. So I think the big one that I just kind of mentioned is the the concept of a radio. So I really I think this is a really cool thing that's been repetitive multiple times. Yep. Um, and it's done, I've never heard it done quite the same way. I would agree. And I think it's a really, really interesting take in like some of the various ways it's been done. Yeah. So uh, some famous albums that have this like concept of it being a radio station. So you're like, you're listening to a radio station that's Mm -hmm. playing these songs. I think one of the really interesting ones that have been done was Don FM by the weekend where you're basically just like, I I actually read someone giving a, a, a cohesive story about this. Where, like, Jim Carrey is the radio DJ for, mm-hmm. like, the station while you're sitting in your car in purgatory. Yep. Um, I think that's a really cool concept. And I don't think... People didn't really care for that album when it came out. But I think they kind of, like, missed the point. Right. Because, like, Take My Breath was a great song. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that album. I thought it was a pretty, really good album yeah. from the weekend. But... Um, another... I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's... That's a not like a really, really like modern take on yeah. that concept. Yeah, and um, a very interesting take by having like Jim Carrey, for example, having like a totally like very famous celebrity be the radio host. Yeah, yeah. Um, another really famous one is "Songs for the Deaf" by Queens of the Stone Age. That's the one I think of when yeah. I think of the radio concept. Yeah. Um, then we have "Danger Days" by My Chemical Romance. Yeah, Rollins. that I I know it's meant to be a radio, but to me that seems. 
like a it's almost got, like a warning call type. Yeah, and I think it's instructional from like guide. For there's two aspects of it, right? So it's like a concept album about the end of times yeah. and about like um, apocalyptic futures. Yep. But then it's also got that radio aspect of it that makes it like a, a, a radio concept album, which I think is interesting. And then there's Electric Lady by Janelle Monet. I always forget that that's a radio or like a radio concept album because I when I regularly like listen to some of the songs off of that album, I don't listen to it in its entirety as much. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to que- uh, songs for the deaf in its entirety yep. all the yep. time, but I don't listen to Electric Lady the same way. Even though you are right, it is a radio concept right. album. Um, Another modern one, actually, that's a similar... It's not... The entirety of it is not necessarily the radio concept, but they reference it several times in the album, is Hellfire by Black Midi. Yeah. Yep. 6.66 radio. Yes. <laughs> um, and then there's one by 10 Tricks Point Never. I can't remember what it's called. But, I mean, his whole concept is that like one of tricks point never is a radio station yeah, but there's an album hence the crazy ass name right yeah. oh it's called magic i think magic one of tricks point never um is the name of the album that's the 2020 album i think so i don't know the exact i think year. that's the more most more one of the more recent ones yeah um Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few. I'm, like, on a, a Reddit page, kind of, like, with people just listing them. Um, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But there's uh, there's quite a few that have this very overt. Yeah, like, there's some that are less, you know, ab- ab- overt. Like, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot mm-hmm. um, by Wilco has the vibe of a shortwave radio station. But it's not, like, overtly like that. Like, these ones that we mm-hmm. mentioned where there is, like, an interlude in a lot of the songs mm-hmm. that are leading mm-hmm. you to that understanding that it's you know a, a dj playing yes you know what would be fun to talk about before we go into our favorite concept albums hmm. what was your first experience with the concept album if you can remember oh that's actually really interesting um the first one that comes to mind and i know i had experienced it before but the first time i like listened to an album and realized it was a cohesive story mm-hmm. was american idiot by green day i was gonna say american idiot was also mine because I was, what, nine when that album came out? Eight? I was young when that album yeah. came out. And that was the first time I listened to an album from start to finish. And I was like, oh, this, this about whole them. thing goes yes. together and is yes. a single story. Yes. Um, and I would agree. That's probably the first time I listened or I realized that what I was listening to was a concept album. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe there was times where I was listening to albums and then I didn't get it. But American Idiot would be the first one. Because the next one I can think of that I know I had heard, but, like, I was too young to, like, grasp the concept of a concept album. Well, I was going to say Tommy by The Who. Okay. Um, I think the next one, my next experience would be, like, well, um, The Black Parade. Yeah, that's another, like, one that, obviously, we were both fairly young when that came out. And it was very clear that there was a concept here. And I remember, like, when that was first coming out, too, because obviously My Chemical Romance changed their entire appearance. Yes. To very much distinguish that, like, this is not us. Well, and I think it's interesting, because My Chemical Romance, I would argue, is very well known for doing concept albums at this point. Um, And I had listened to music of theirs, and, like, albums, full albums of theirs, before The Black Parade. And I didn't think I realized that, like, Three Cheers was a concept album. Right. I would say the same thing. Um, I brought you my bullets, you brought me... 
Your Love was a concept album. I realized that later on in life. Yeah. Where, like, you, there's a, there's a thematic concept that's going through both of those. Yeah. That joined them together, but did not realize that until it was very, like, overly obvious that, um, you know, the Black Parade was a concept, and yeah. particularly by them, um, living that concept and being yeah. these characters right. that are the Black yeah. Parade. Um, so those are, I think, the first two I had experienced. And then, you know, later on in life, like, Bowie... You, um, you hear Bowie, you hear Nine Inch Nails, yeah. you, you get a better understanding of pretty much anything Pink Floyd has put their hands in. Yeah. Um, I think, the the obviously, like, the concept albums that have stood the test of time that people are like, yep, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club. Yes. By the Beatles. Like, that's, like, the yeah. other one. Like, the first thing when we were talking about doing a concept album episode was Sgt. Pepper's. Because that's a yeah. similar thing to the Black Parade, where they were basically performing as, as these characters. characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other one that really jumped out, of course, is The Wall. Mm-hmm. But, but that had a, that's one of the ones where it had its own visual element that paired along with The Wall. Okay. The album. Um, and I mean, didn't for several years... Because like, the concept of The Wall is like, this pop star is descending into his ego. Yes. Uh, and, and and they're very famous for doing that. Um, yeah, that's like a big Pink Floyd thing, because yeah. Dark Side of the Moon is also considered a concept album on its own. But the the other thing I was thinking of, specifically with The Wall, is didn't Roger Waters up the, perform as, like, the one character, the, on stage Recently, yes. he would perform as the character who's, like, the basically the pop star is ascending into, like, madness by following fascism and, like... Yeah, and... Uh, in fact, recently he performed as that, and um, didn't he get banned in a country because he of got that? Banned in Germany. That's what it was for performing like I that. I thought it was somewhere thought, else besides Germany as well, though. No, um, the reason one that I saw was Germany. Germany um, which I mean, and he, the, you know, the whole thing is like the, if you know what this album is about. Yeah, it's an anti-fascist album, right. and they were basically saying that he was inciting riots. Riots, yeah. But yeah, when it when that album came out, that whole point is that like this person is losing their touch with reality and becoming this fascist individual and supporting these terrible terrible Mm -hmm. ideas Mm -hmm. and they're realizing that the enemy is not the people around them but the enemy is themselves yeah that's the whole point of the wall yeah so and then of course like i mentioned tommy and that's like a story about like childhood pain sexual abuse being in a cult like the story of Tommy is like a that they became a fucking musical. Right. Like that's another one that's like been taken from an album standpoint, mm-hmm. and that they pieced together the story behind it. Like American Idiot, they did the same thing. Yes, they took the album and put the larger story together. Right, um, which I think is interesting too. Um, and there's there's quite a few famous like rap albums that are. There's a lot we're talking about a lot of rock ones, but there are, there are quite a few famous rock ones that I think we haven't talked about yet. I mean, the most obvious one is Good Kid, Mad City. Yes. Because that's literally got the interlude story that goes yes. between the songs. Yes. Um, and then the other one that I really love is Igor. Yeah. Um, which is telling the story of the character Igor. Yeah. Um, who is, I mean, uh, Tyler, the creator, as we were talking about earlier, like dressed up as Igor and yep. played that character. Yeah. Um, in support of that album. Mm-hmm. 
He still performs as Igor on stage during a couple of the songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, he did, last time I saw him do it live was 2021. In okay. 2022, he did not do it. And he kind of, when he was performing the songs, when I saw him last year, he kind of was like more separating it from the story and treating mm-hmm. it more as performing the individual songs and his personal experience with the songs. Okay. Which is very different, obviously, than the way we interpret the album as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, oh, fuck, I lost my point. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I, I don't even know that I was going to have a good point. Oh, um, what I was going to say is I also think it's an interesting way to do an album, like, as a concept, because you then, as an artist, have that opportunity to be a different person. And it, yeah. it kind of allows you that larger or broader creativity for not just the the art that you're creating, but the way you're performing it and the way you're bringing it into the world. So I I think the idea of a concept album is really interesting in that respect as well. So I'm also just looking through, like, the... I mean, obviously there's, like, a million of concept albums. I'm just, like, scrolling through the Rolling Stones list. And I did not quite put this together, but it kind of makes sense when you think about it as a whole. Mm -hmm. So um, Arch Android by Janelle Monae is considered a concept album. Okay. And it's considered part two and three of like this futuristic sci-fi epic inspired by a German expressionist cinema. Interesting. Um, And I almost feel like Dirty Computer is a following of that to some extent. Um, One that I keep seeing on these lists that I don't think I ever really like put together that was a concept album is Kid A by Radiohead. Um, A lot of these lists and these Reddit posts talk about how like Kid A being a concept album and I, I don't think I ever quite thought about it thought of it i thought of it that way i've also not really thought of it the same way but but also this rolling stone article in particular has everyone's like oh some say it's about this some say it's about this some say it's about this so it's just kind of hard to be like it's not clear yeah but also my favorite thing is in this concept statement it says being an acclaimed british rock out band kind of sucks I mean, Tom York would say the same thing. Yes, so. yeah, I would. But, um, I mean, like, one of my favorites is obviously Ziggy, St- Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of loosely based around uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, which was the film that yep. Bowie did shortly around this time. It's like this very androgynous alien um, comes to this doomed planet. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good one. Um... I I think this is like a really, really epic one, especially when you think of everything that was happening around this time when this album came out. And it's obviously Lemonade by Beyonce. Yeah. It's literally the story of like her finding out that her husband had been unfaithful and she creates this whole story based around that experience and like her blackness and her feminism and mm-hmm. the power that you could have with those two things together. Yes. Because that came out obviously in response to Jay-Z being a shitbag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting. And all the visuals came out with that. The lemonade visuals were also very well, well And she did like, what? She did, um, like a whole movie essentially. Pretty much, yeah. It was a song or a music video for every song. Um, It's a film. I I call it a cinematic masterpiece. (laughs) So I think that's interesting. What's interesting about this Rolling Stone article is like, their number two is Green Day. 
American Idiot. I mean, it's as a concept album, it is very, very well put together. I agree. And it was, and it it was, was very topical. Time. Yeah. It was very topical to the time that it came out. Because that it was post 9-11. It was right. during George Bush. Yeah. Um, what was that? 2000? came out it, when I was in like eighth grade, I think. I don't know how old I was in eighth grade. See. 2004, maybe? I think it was earlier than that. I don't think I was in eighth grade in 2004. <laughs> It did come out in 2004. You're right. I thought it came out earlier than I was that. In, I was 12, so whatever I was grade you are. 10 or 11. I was maybe in middle school. Yeah, I think it was maybe 6th grade. Um, yeah, so it, it does stand the test of time. I still listen to that album every now and then. Um, it's. I think it's so fun to listen to that album as a whole, too. Like, I, the songs on their own, like, obviously, when you go see Green Day Live and you hear American Idiot, it's a real good time. Right. But when you hear the whole thing start to finish, and it's a totally different What experience. they do in that is interesting, and I don't think I've heard it sort of done this way in another album, where the songs have parts. Yeah. Right. So, like, what is it? Jesus, Jesus of Suburbia. Is Suburbia is like, it's a four-part right. song. Right. And then the characters in that come back again. Yeah. So, like, Jesus of Suburbia is a character that comes back again. St. Jimmy is a character that comes back yeah. again. Um, what's her name? Yeah. Comes back again. And they, it, and there's like reprises and it's sort of done like a musical, which is, it, I guess, it's you know, written as a rock opera. Essentially. Right. And that's, that makes sense that they were able to transition that to a musical. I will say that as a musical was so fun. Like I enjoyed that so much. I've never seen it. I saw it. It came to Michigan state once. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I got to see it there. Yeah, it was I never really saw that. cool. Um, I do want to talk about one that we haven't talked about yet. And this is something that this came out last year i think um and it's uh ethel kane's preacher's daughter that's a that is another like perfect example of like a concept album and it's it's a very unique concept so i haven't i think that was really what drew me to the album like the reason i listened to it was because of the the, story that it was telling because the story it was telling right so the the story of preacher's daughter is about a preacher's daughter that grows up in rural america um down south, basically in the middle of nowhere, and she um, wants to escape her hometown. She's being abused, so she and and the character is trans. It's not clear, mm-hmm. but the Ethel Kane is is trans. Um, so that sort of comes across slightly, and you know she talks about how the character being trans is not really like the main focus, but she is, um, and. It kind of brings a little deeper meaning to things that happen to her. But she escapes America. She's traveling. She finds this man that takes her to California. And about halfway through the album, it then takes a turn for, like, really dark. Where the man's, like, pimping her out, drugging her, like, getting her addicted to drugs. And then, what, like, three songs left? Four songs left? It takes, like, the craziest turn where he kills her and cannibalizes her to, like, repent for his sins as part of a cult. And it just, the idea of this concept where it's like, you know, different, there's almost quarters of it. You yeah. Know, the first quarter yeah, is about yeah. her life in rural America. The second quarter is about her escaping. And then the third quarter is about like, you know, or the second quarter is about her escaping and being in love with this man, falling in love. Third quarter is about like how things take a turn for the worse where she's being like pimped out and drugged. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That and life. The end of it is like her just like, death. Right. And just from a start to finish, it's incredibly powerful. Beautiful album, crazy concept. 
Did you know that a American teenager or whatever was on Barack Obama's top songs of the year? I did. I did in fact know that, and it's hilarious because the song is about him being a war criminal, yep. essentially. Yep. Um, and that song slaps hard. That's a great song. Um, but yeah, I think that's like one of the really interesting ones that's been done, and it's it's obviously resonated with quite a few people because Ethel I mean, Kane she's like, really blown up. She has. She's she's gone. She played Pitchfork last year at noon. Nice. She was the noontime slot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's really gotten very low. Baby. Yeah, um, and yeah, just like as a concept, very interesting and not something that you see done. Usually, it's like you know a political concept yeah. or like a radio concept. But you don't hear like about a cannibalized <laughs> cannibal concept. Another one that's like some of these albums that they come out are like a more about like personal things. Like yeah. yes, they're considered a concept album because they're telling sure. a story, but like. Good Kid, Mad City is obviously one that references mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar's personal life, but I wanted to reference Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds' Ghost Teen that came out in 2019. Yeah. Because that album is essentially just about a man losing his child, um, going through the grief process, and then his child speaking to him from heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's where the album is like ending, is that like he finally reconnects with his child, but mm-hmm. it's through his child speaking to him from heaven. And that's because Nick Cave's son died recently, but before that. Yeah. He's had two sons die. Wow. I didn't know His first son died in like 2017 or 2018, and then he actually, his second son died last year. I did not know that. So he was playing Primavera like a couple weeks after his son's passing. Yeah. So we were like, there's no way he's going to play. Like, this man should be grieving. Nope. The man's at Primavera. I mean, he clearly was like using it as a reason to like connect with his fans because like we were up in there. And he is, like, in the crowd, like, mm-hmm. reaching out to you. And, like, it's very much, you could feel, like, it was a, a cathartic thing for him. But, yeah, so for him to have written this album about losing his child and then to lose another child, right. it's, like, unbelievable. Um, I think the the thing we haven't touched on right or yet are concept albums about, like, a thing. So The Suburbs by, like, Arcade Fire. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I always, a, like, don't think of that like that, but, but I also don't listen to that album as a whole very frequently. Um, it's it's obviously just a concept yeah. about living in the suburbs. Yeah. In the suburbs. And then there's uh, Illinois by Sufjan Stevens, which is, the concept is Illinois. And the whole album is just about Illinois <laughs> <laughs> as part of his now defunct 50 states goal. He did what, too? Uh, yes, Michigan and Illinois. Um, another, well, this isn't quite based around a thing, I guess, but another one I always forget to think about is, um, Alice Cooper, Welcome to My Nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's about a teenager who finds himself trapped in his nightmares and, um, he's like going through all of these nightmares and these various stories and then he wakes up and it's like a happy ending. But the whole premise is that it's him dreaming these horrific and scary and just terrifying things. Yeah. And it's just the whole time it's been a dream. Another one, I mean, I love this album and I'm a part of like the fan base for this album. So I hear it referenced and like joked about a lot is Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just about a married couple drinking themselves to death. I didn't realize that. Yeah. The Mountain Goats have quite a few album concept or a li- couple of album concepts I don't know that I would put them into necessarily all 
concept album territory. Mm-hmm. But like they have each album of theirs is kind of like a different, written around a different concept. And they, because I know they all like write a million fucking songs and then they like kind of put out whatever makes sense. I mean, the other one that I also think of that I, <laughs> because I was um, deep in my early, early feminist years when this album came out. I did not quite think about it as like, oh, this is um, a story and not necessarily a thing you should be setting yourself up to follow. And that's Electra Heart by Marina and the Diamonds. Like, it's very meant to be like a story about hyper feminine American stereotypes. But yeah. like, did I think that that was the way I should be living my life at that time? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I did. Um so we we haven't talked about King Gizzard, and I don't think we're gonna get we're not gonna talk too heavily about this because surprise Ooh. surprise we have an episode coming out. Yeah, we soon. have a, we have a King Gizzard episode coming soon, but we can touch on a couple of them. Oh, well, we don't need to touch on a couple of them. We can just say like King Gizzard, very famous for basically just doing concept, concept albums. albums at this point because yeah. you know they're not really writing their own sh- like about their own lives. Yeah, so um, I think the majority of what they're doing is a concept album. Um, well, each album is, like, a different story to be told as well. Yes, yes. And then people will always be like, oh, when are you going to continue the story from this album? Right. What are you going to do? When When is a F- Infest the Rat's Nest Part 2 coming out? Right. Like, right. Um, Paper Mache Dream Balloon. Yeah. Um, concept about, I think mean, that's the one about hiding a body, like murdering mm-hmm. someone hiding a body. Mm-hmm. So very, very, very famous for mostly concept albums. Um, but we won't get too deep into that. No. Um, one of the other ones that I didn't quite think about, but now that I'm reading this, it makes a lot more sense. And I don't know if you knew this was considered a single story throughout an album. Since I Left You by the Avalanches Um, is the story of a man trying to follow a girl around the world. So if you, I, I read that article. If you keep reading, you'll read that the album, the concept was abandoned very early on, but it's still kind of. It still it still sits still there. there. Yeah, um, whether or not they wanted to do it, it's there. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know. Um, but now when I like, I listen to that album all the time. So like, I when I too. think about it, like it makes sense. Yes, um, I also listen to the album all the time. I don't think I realized it was a concept album until I read read this, this Rolling Stones article. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like the the concept definitely lingers there. So I, I think. One that we didn't cover that I feel like we should because they're a very famous band, but the 1975. Ooh, tell they me do, more. They do a lot of concept albums. So, um, you know, a brief inquiry into online relationships. The mm-hmm. whole concept is about online relationships and, you know, r- relationships in general. And the songs all stand out on their own. And I would say it's a concept album in, like, a broad sense where, like, because they all have, like, an overarching theme that goes through them, it's not necessarily telling a story about someone, but that kind of falls in the realm of, like, not necessarily a story, but there is a theme behind all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, one we didn't cover at all. Um, the Flaming Lips, Yoshimi Battles. Oh! What? How, How did, did we, we forget? forget? Right. That's one of our, both of our favorite albums. Um, so, obviously, the concept is about this young girl, Yoshimi, um, who has cancer, or is it... Technically about the girl has cancer? I know it's written about her. That's a great question. I don't actually... I don't actually know... 
That's another one that I'm like, I know it's a concept album. What is the concept? <laughs> I don't know. I do drugs and I listen to that music. <laughs> I don't know what I say. <laughs> it's just, there's robots, kung fu, and a young Japanese woman. That's the central theme. Okay, so Wayne Coyne has made it clear that Yoshimi's not intended to be a concept album, but a lot of people consider it a concept album. Got it. Thank you for telling us the truth, Wayne. Very much appreciate it. One that I do also really, really enjoy, and I, I, I knew it was a concept album, but I never quite like thought about it until I was doing some digging for this. Um, the Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a semi-autobiographical concept album where essentially the pro- the protagonist is descending into madness in his own world through mm-hmm. the downward spiral, dealing with religion, yep. dehumanization, violence, disease, society, drugs, sex, and then eventually he commits suicide at yeah. the end of Hurt. Um, the other thing we haven't talked about yet is gorillas. So... They do. That's a, a whole fucking concept band, man. <laughs> right, but they, there is a number of, of concept albums that mm-hmm. they've done. So Demon Days, Plastic Beach, Plastic Beach, Humans, the, Cracker the Island, the new one, Cracker Island. Yeah, yeah, they do quite a few concept albums that are. I mean, Cracker Island specifically, I know is basically about a cult, right? And we've talked about. Yeah, they, it's criticism on influencer society, but they're basically trying to say that. Influencer society is its own cult, and that's mm-hmm. what the entire album as a whole is about. Yeah. Oh, um, what I wanted to talk about that I don't think you'd listen to this artist, but Lights. She's a Canadian pop artist. Did um, it... No, I'm thinking of Ellie Golding. Sorry. No, she was um, kind of. Associated... <laughs> she has a song called Lights. <laughs> she was associated with like the emo scene back yeah, in the day. But yeah, she was I know, always I know doing like pop is. music. Yeah. Um, but she did uh, an album called Skid and Earth that was accompanied with um, like a comic that she wrote, like a six. Ooh, I that's think, a interesting. Issue comic. Um, so that one was all about like this world that she built, and then the comic was like um, a support for that world that she built. Which I thought was a really interesting, like, multimedia way to do it. Because, you know, you don't really see books as all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of brings me to the this, but uh, Ethel Kane has been writing a lot of companion Oh, I stuff did, I did know that. Yeah. She started to write, uh, she's, or she, one of her, like, pieces of merch has, like, this excerpt from a book that um, is about that. Uh, or I think about Preacher's Daughter. Um, so there's theories that she might be coming out with a book about it or like a short story. So, all right. I found an album that's been considered a concept album for a long time, just based on the lyrical content. Um, it's the album itself is telling a lot throughout it. And Mm -hmm. the songs kinds are a little disjointed in their storytelling, but the album as a whole, um, is considered a concept album. It's obviously in the airplane over the sea mm-hmm. new, by Nutramilk Hotel. So while the album itself was inspired by Jeff Magnum having a series of dreams about Anne Frank and going back and saving her in a time machine. Okay. That's a fun. Did you I know, did that? Not know that? Well, no. now you know that. 
Um, it's not actually about her, but her life and, like, the loss of innocence at a young age is mm-hmm. basically the theme of the album. Okay. And, like, the loss of purity and innocence and, like, mm-hmm. that's the overarching theme of the album. Okay. But uh, there's a lot of references to Anne Frank in this album. <laughs> I don't think I ever put that together. Um, we haven't talked about one of my favorite concept albums that and we like to talk about a decent bit. Um, Another Radiohead album? <laughs> no, it's the Bedlam and the Goliath by oh, the Mars Volta. Yes, which we talk about. We, you and I, we talk, talked about them on the podcast. Yeah, before. we've talked about the making of this album. So the the background, you know, is that um, the lead singer, whose name I forget, Omar, um, and the band, they like found this Ouija board from like mm-hmm. an I think an oddity shop. Um, and they would they would play with the, the Ouija board mm-hmm. and they started talking to like this demon um, that they started calling or like this they started talking being contacted by like three spirits they kept referring to as the Goliath and um, they began like they were they were hit with a lot of like issues with between like financial trouble troubles people leaving the band um, all of their didn't they have, a, like, a flood or they something? Like, yeah, I think they had a flood in the studio. They lost all their demos. And then they had to, like, they broke and burned the Ouija board and buried it in two different locations. And then they wrote this album, The Bedlam and the Goliath, as a way to, like, remove their bad luck and their spirit. And it's it's sort of about that um, and about all these things that they were going through. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a concept album about the spirit that they were... yeah. Speaking to yeah, we say board. we've literally talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. Way to go, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know when we were talking about it though. I could don't not, know. Was a could not send ago. you back there. Um, so I was already talking about the Mountain Goats earlier. So according to some of these lists, there's a couple of albums that are referenced. Um, Beat the Champ, which I actually think is a really cool example. It's about mm-hmm. like r- a group of wrestlers. Yep. And then Goths is, um, it's a story about a group of goth teenagers, uh-huh. but it's written around the idea of, like, John Darnielle being a goth kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a story specifically about that. But I'm also looking at, um, and I, I didn't really know how to classify these albums until now I'm, like, thinking about it more. So, obviously, Muse has released quite yep. a few albums. Yep. That are these like storytelling narrative arcs throughout them. So the three that I can think of at the top of my head are Black Holes and Revelations, mm-hmm. uh, The Resistance, which is entirely based off of 1984, yep. and then Drones, which is ba- basically like um, the story of people trying to fight against this o- oppressive military presence. Okay. I'm also, I don't know enough about these two albums as a whole to, like, talk to them, but I'm also seeing that The Fragile by Nine Inch Nails is considered a concept album, as well as Year Zero. Okay. I, I, I just know the Downward those, Spirals yeah. story, so. Um, I mean, another one that's another storytelling album as a whole, well, I would argue this person as an artist is a concept in themselves, like, Prince's Purple Rain yep. is very much a story. I mean, they mm-hmm. they made a fucking movie about it. That's another one that I think is um, a good one. I, I just read an article, though, that's interesting that's talking about concepts in the age of streaming. Okay. Where, you know, it's a little bit, you're seeing kind of the rise again because streaming is such, like, an easy way to listen to music. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy way to put out music that you don't necessarily, like, 
I don't know. You don't have to go through the entire like work stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you're seeing a lot more concept albums coming out because of that. Um, or you're seeing kind of a rise in it again because it's it's a whole different listening experience mm-hmm. um, than listening to a CD. And, the, you know, you can do, like, mini tracks, like what The Weeknd did, where there's, like, interludes and little bits that come together. And I, I do think it's interesting that streaming is considered, like, a, a gateway or mm-hmm. a, a, an easier way to put out a concept album now. Yeah, that's very true. All right, this is another one I do think is fair to consider them like a co- these individual concept albums, um, the mm-hmm. three albums by Glass Animals. Okay. I think each one is telling a different story, yep. and the one that sticks out in my head the most is How to Be a I Human Being. I was going to say, How to Be a Human Being makes sense. I mean, that's the one with what, season three, season yeah. two, episode, whatever. That one. Yeah. The one with season and whatever. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another one, too... Um, is Transatlanticism by Death Cab, which is the story of like him going through a long distance relationship mm-hmm. that ended not well. That's the Zoe Deschanel album. <laughs> yeah, and I, I it's I never think of that one as a concept album. That's but it definitely Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> it is definitely a concept album. Another band, I will say, I think this is another band that truly almost everything they've made is a concept album start to finish is Coheed and Cambria. Mm-hmm. Each of their albums tells a complete and like full story. And if it doesn't, the next album is called like part two, part three, like to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, what we haven't talked about is Little Dark Age by MGMT, which is um, it's a great called, album. Yeah, it is a great album, but it's telling the story of like someone going through a depressive spiral mm-hmm. and going through ego death um so that one's that one's definitely a concept no i think little i would almost argue mgmt is another like they i think those i i could argue in that all of those albums are concept albums i could too yeah i could see that to some extent yeah like after seeing all of um oracular spectacular start to finish live Mm -hmm. they had like a video projection that kind of like tied the whole thing together that i think made sense of like oh this is a whole thing Mm -hmm. i think we've covered a lot we've kind of expanded all sorts of different genres as well like we've kind of gone all over the place Mm -hmm. you know like the only other one that i could maybe think of would be like tranquility base hotel and casino Okay. By Arctic Monkeys, which is the story of, like, that hotel in space. Okay. But, I don't know. Otherwise, like... Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered, yeah... A lot of them. Quite a few genres. We've gone through many lists. <laughs> um, and we're seeing a lot of repeats. Yeah. So, what... I, to sum it up, what do you think your favorite concept that you've seen? Like, what is your favorite? Not, like... You could say something that you've seen once. What do you mean, like, my favorite concept album? Or, like, of all the concepts? Of all of the concepts we've seen and, like, chatted about, what do you think your favorite would be? Um, I mean, I think Ethel Kane's concept. Yeah. Um, Because it's by far the most unique concept I've I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, an extremely robust story with a lot of depth behind it. Um, And obviously, like, a lot of her own personal experience as well. Um, but I think that one is probably one of my favorite concepts because it just, yeah. you know, goes like 
off the rails wild. I think my favorite concept is probably like the protagonist going through some kind of like insanity spiral. Mm -hmm. So like that's where you get like downward spiral. That's the wall. That's the little dark age. That all kind of follows the thing of like the ego death and like. Yeah. I mean, American Idiot technically follows that as well. Um, So yeah, it's it's a very broad concept. Oh yeah, Um, right. So if we're we're talking like broad concepts like that, I would say like a protagonist going through ego death. Yeah, I think that's it's been portrayed so many different ways. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to say it. And then my second's the radio concept. I think the radio concept's a lot of fun too because there's so many ways you could go with that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't know that it's always. I can't think of a time where it's like been bad, bad, or like even the same. Yeah. You know, they're always a little bit different from each other. Um. So yeah, I would agree. Sick. Cool. So I think that covers it. Yeah. Um, if you can think of any fun concept albums that we didn't talk about and you want us to talk about them later, yeah. talk to us about them. <laughs> Tell us. And we'll listen to them. Oh, yeah. If you ha- if there's one that we didn't mention, there's a good chance we didn't listen to it. Yeah. Or and we will. We'll or we just it. didn't think about it, but we will listen to it. So And we'll send us music we'll racks. Let's it. do it. Yeah. All right, so with that, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star review. Five-star rating. Yeah. And leave us a written review. Um, you can listen through the song to hear all of our social media information and all of our contact information. Please reach out to us. We're usually around. Yeah. We'll get back to you at, at some, some point. point. We both have day jobs. Um, Yeah. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. um, And if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shittyconcertblog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.